1: Recorded live.
2: So, tonight we are simulcasting Keepers Mind Pool on the FCP network. And he has a very interesting show in store. He has two special guests coming on for the next two hours. And I think anybody listening will find the information. Very informative So now I'm going to bring up FCP Network and join them in for their pre-show discussion.
1: Welcome to Blog Talk
3: Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show.
2: Hi Brian.
1: Nine Hi. minutes until showtime.
2: Hi. Hi, I'm a, I'm already uh got mine up and sign and so it's simulcasting. I've already announced the show and all that.
1: Okay, sweet.
2: How are you, Lisa?
1: I'm good. I'm glad. Awesome.
3: Waiting on everybody
2: else call. Oh, yeah. I got moved over to Sundays from 7 to 9, so I'm doing my own show. From 7 to 9 on Sundays when I'm shut down for the weekend where I can actually be better prepared.
1: Nice. That's good. That's good news. My <laughs> well, time kind of being quiet because I got the baby. Eight minutes until showtime.
2: How is the baby?
4: <laughs> it's all good. That's
1: good. Thank you. Hey,
2: hey, hey. Hi there. Oh, oh.
4: Hello, hello. Come on, Brian.
2: We're already up and running on my end. Uh,
5: James called in yet?
3: No, James has
1: Okay. Did you let them know it's up? Yep. Okay.
5: Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I love having butterflies on my stomach before a show like
1: this. Oh, wow. Seven minutes until showtime.
5: I'm still writing those, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe
2: that? Do you know how to write? Uh,
5: you know, it's crayon and pictures, so
2: no. Well, I know. I figured with all the technology everybody's so addicted to, people don't know how to write. They text.
5: <laughs> no, I learned how to write like in like sixteen seventy or something like that. Everybody calls me old, so I may as well own it.
2: Well, yeah, you do have a point, sixteen seventy. I mean, you've been around a while.
1: <laughs> All right, um, what's um what's um Annie's area code? Is it three three seven?
5: Uh, no, Annie's area is going to be 818, well, it might be 337, but I think it's 6 eight
1: minutes one. until showtime.
5: It's, a, it's a California.
1: 337? Three, three, yes, ma'am? Are you just calling to listen? Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to punch you in for a bit. All right, okay. Hold one on a voice. Just wait Yes. That's Michael C.M. How are you? Okay, I'm good. How are you? I'm
3: good. That's right.
1: Good good to hear hear your voice again.
3: Oh, there's James. Okay, well, you can just hang out with us until the show starts, okay?
6: Sure. Yes, ma'am. Showtime. Hey, I'm here.
1: Five minutes until showtime.
5: Dun, dun, dun
6: Can you hear me okay? Oh yeah, solid. Can you hear me now? Absolutely, I can hear you. Okay.
5: <laughs> a second ago I couldn't hear you, but I can hear you now.
2: Okay. What is this? A what is this? A Verizon commercial?
1: Gabe, <laughs> okay, right how's uh, Well, it's treating me okay, but it's treating my customers pretty poorly.
2: Oh yeah. Speaking of customers, my wife was saying something earlier Hold about
1: minutes this. until showtime.
2: Did she miss something? They're already doing the fifty percent off Christmas sales, and you see seeing all this stuff where stores are going to be co- closed on Black Friday, and they're using the cover of, well, we think people should be with their families. No, the economy's tanking. That's what this is. It is t- t- it. T- That's right. The, well that looks like everybody's buying online,
1: so we still haven't heard anything from
6: Darius, I guess.
1: No, he didn't confirm or uh
5: beg out, so um uh, I'm kind of expecting him to be here. Uh, well that I maybe him,
6: you know maybe that's what's gonna happen. He'll just he'll just call in.
5: Yeah. Uh <laughs> I know that Annie's gonna call, she's all set.
1: Three uh, minutes until showtime.
5: She should be calling pretty much at any time. So uh she can only do an hour. I told uh Nira she could you know, if she could only do an hour that was fine too, but I know that Annie has a lot to cover, so she's not worried about him being there. Right. Um uh, uh, I told you there's been a lot of interest, uh, and I'm sure he's probably the he's prob- Who is?
3: Oh, I'm have- going to keep quiet to see what are you going to tell about me.
4: Hey, there you
5: are. Are oh, you going to be quiet? On. Um, I was just, I was just telling these guys that uh, you have a lot to cover, so it makes no difference to you if uh, there is calls or not, and that's fine with us, right?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, even though I wasn't born before the revolution, but I still have, you know some good information,
4: yeah. you know. If we still you want
3: to keep the team on a between and after evolution, we can still do that. You know, we can concentrate more on the after, but we can still cover some of the before.
1: Two minutes until showtime.
3: Yeah, he's he's in the United Kingdom,
5: so it's, you know, it's 10 minutes to midnight, or a couple minutes to midnight over there. So if he calls, he calls. If he doesn't, I'm not worried about it. We've got a lot to cover. Um, uh, and as I know that you're going to be on... Uh, we get perspective or Patriot Nation on Friday, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, James Bosick, my co-host tonight. He is one of the guest speakers to get one of, the, excuse me, one of the hosts on that show. He's on the line with us, so we're going to do kind of a simulcast on when. Uh, and right now, everything is based on FBC Radio, which you've been on before with me, yes. and we've got a simulcast for right to so the few going on on Talk show Radio. As well, and that's uh, Brian Robertson. So, like I said, you're going to get a lot of coverage tonight.
3: Oh, that sounds good. Thank you, guys. Give me one quick one quick second. Sorry. One have... minute
1: until show time.
3: Oh, right, we got a minute left.
5: A minute before the show starts. Yes. Perfect. Um, if you need to get in touch with anybody behind the scenes, you can reach out to Lisa, and
7: okay.
5: she's our board operator, and you can send her a text or a, a Facebook message
3: or something like that. Okay. I, I, I don't think – I think I think, um, I think we're going to be fine. Okay. But, um, the reason I needed a minute is I was going – I have uh, my sister and my husband listening, and they thought I'm already starting, but I told them, no, no, they're just chatting because they're listening on the laptop
5: they were worried that
3: we're They hear the elevator music right now. Oh, they
1: do? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Fun stuff. Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Lost Pulse Radio.
4: No
5: Welcome to the program, everybody. I am Keeper. This is Mindful. This is Wednesday, November 11th, 10th, something like that. You know, I just choked down some of the hottest nachos I have ever eaten in my life, and I made them myself, so I don't know what happened there. Um, if I have to go drink some water or step out really quick, that's what's going on because my tongue is still burning and my eyes are still watering, and if I sniffle, that's why. Um, We've got a really dynamite show tonight. Uh, We're going to be speaking with Inaz Annie Cyrus. You know her. You are her. I certainly do. Um, We're going to be uh, great with James Bostic, who is the host of The Week in Perspective on WINN Radio, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, We've got uh, Right to the Few, the host of Right to the Few on TalkShoe on the line with us. So we're doing a three-way simulcast tonight, ladies and gentlemen, so this is uh, not necessarily unprecedented, but this is definitely a first for me, so I am very excited. So thank you all for being here. If you have a question or a comment, we'd like to get to you sometime during the program. And if you are listening on FPC, you can call 424-258-9220. If you're listening on uh, WINN, you can call 516 516- Four five three nine one two eight, and somebody will answer your phone, uh, answer your call, talk to you really quick, get your name and what, what it is you want to say a little bit about that, and maybe we can get you on the air. Uh, today, of course, is Veterans Day, so my hat's off to veterans everywhere, living and past, serving, retired, uh, still doing the job that they you know, put that oath out there to do, uh, just like myself. I can't really thank myself because it's patting myself on the back. So if somebody else wants to thank me, I'll accept it. Thanks, Keith. My my hat's off to uh, anyone and everyone who has served. This is a uh, a day late. Uh, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to the Marine Corps, celebrating their 240th birthday. They were founded in 1775 on yesterday. Uh, And for some people that may not know, this is actually the 70th anniversary of Iwo Jima. So, ladies and gentlemen, big tip of the hat, uh, hand across your heart to the Marine Corps of the United States of America. Um, I'd like to bring in Brian here really quick. And uh, he is the host of Life of the Few on on TalkShoot Radio. So, Brian, are you there?
2: Yes, I am. I also do.
5: Thank you for being
2: here. Yeah, I also simulcast uh, on my show, which is starting Sundays on the wind network
5: all right solid so uh you've got uh, you've got two programs going on you've got Right of the Few on top you and then you're firing up a show over there on WINN. is that correct?
2: It'll be the same show. I'll just be simulcasting it on both
5: i got you, I got you. great, awesome well again, thank you for being here and uh, uh ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening to top you. To that show because there's a whole bunch of different things going on that you want to pay attention to. Next, I'd like to get to my guest host, who is James Bostick. He is the host of The Weekend Perspective, also on uh, WINN. We've got a family of people here. Um, James and I have been back and forth on a couple of different radio shows. Uh, you know, I, I worked over there for a while, and uh, he's been gracious, gracious enough to come over here and, and, and guest host or co host with me here on this episode of mindful. So James, welcome to the program. Thank you for being here.
6: Well, Keith, thanks for, uh, thanks for thinking of me and asking me to be a part of this and thank you for your service, my friend. Right, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to get right to it.
5: Um, there's a lot of information that we got to cover and, uh, and that only has a little bit of time and I want to get this information out there. So, you know, Andy Cyrus, Thank you so much for being here on Mindful again. uh, I know you are a busy woman. You have uh, a new show starting up uh, on the Gledo Gang uh, Network uh, called The Unknown. Is that right?
3: Hi. Actually, before I answer that, let me also go ahead and say happy Day and thank you and all the men and women who have served this great country. And thank you all for protecting us and giving us our freedom. And, yes, The Unknown has just started recently. We have uh, released five episodes, and it's going to be a weekly show of short episodes, under 10 minutes, with information about Islamic estates and Islamic laws and rules.
5: Awesome. Oh, gosh, I can't wait for that. You know, I will definitely be paying attention to that one for sure. You can count on me. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So where would you like to start? Uh, My other guest, unfortunately, Derek uh, Redmash, has not been able to call. He is in the United Kingdom, uh, and right now it is midnight over there. So um, please forgive him for not being a part of this at this time. Maybe he can call him a little bit later. If he does, he's more than welcome to. If he can't, well, it is midnight. So uh, we're all a little – well, let me speak for myself. I'm up there in age. So I don't think I would want to be up calling a radio show at midnight, my local time. So uh, what would you like to start? You know, please do. And just dive right in, girl.
3: Well, honestly, I was thinking um, what the, the subject you picked uh, to, for, your, for me and all to do was a great idea because I do believe one of the problems we have today, and by we, I mean people who are, you know, um, uh, keeping an open eye on the subject of Islam, and we are not too worried about being labeled and talk about it. The problem we're facing is that most of the people can't even imagine what could possibly come here. They see videos, but actually believing it is not an easy thing to do, considering this country has always been a great country with a constitution that's the best. I wouldn't even say one of the best. It is the best to me. They just haven't ever lived a life of what could possibly become of our country. So... I was thinking, I, I don't have as much uh, Darius has information about before the revolution in Iran. However, I do have enough to do a, a quick comparison of where were we as Iranians before the Republic, Islamic Republic and where we landed today after 37 years of Islamic Republic. So if you think that's good, we can just go ahead and continue that. any
6: of you guys there? Yes. I'm sorry. I think that would be terrific. Um, and, and that was one of the things, uh, this hour, I'm James Bostick from the weekend perspective. Thank you for talking with us. Of course. Um, it had always been my understanding and, and granted, my understanding was cursory at best that when the Shaw was, uh, Ultimately, in the end, it was the carter administration who who did turn their back on the Shah and that 's what led to the ascendancy of the Ayatollah. But it went back even further than that with Henry Kissinger, which means it went back into the Nixon administration and what i don 't understand is clearly Iran was a great and strategic Western ally at that time why is it why is it the and, and maybe you have some light that you could shed on this or not. But why would why would we want to be part? Why would any presidential administration in the United States want to be part of doing doing what they did and fundamentally betraying the Shah?
3: Well, I I do and don't agree with what you said. Look, at the end of the day, what I do believe is it doesn't matter which. Um, which allies turned their back on Shah, the reason the revolution happened and Ayatollah took power was the people. It was the people, because they were the one who, at the end of it, stood up and kicked Shah out of the country. It got to the point that it didn't matter who's going to support Shah. He wouldn't have any room in that country, because people started wanting the Islamic Republic. Now, as far as to,
5: to throw this out there, if I understand it, um, before the revolution, Iran was a monarchy, correct? It had a king and a queen, or, or the, basically the term Shah meant king, is that right?
3: Exactly, yes. Yeah. Shah is okay. a, a Farsi uh, translation of king. Yes, that's exactly what okay. Iran was. But the problem, there, there were two problems. And, and let me mention this, I always mentioned this, that I am no politician. So I might make mistakes when it comes to politics. I am not a politician. However, from the understanding of what went on back then, was that Iran, back then, was one of the richest uh, countries as far as oil goes. And Shah, being who he was and his personality, he wasn't the type to just give it away. And Ayatollah came in using my very favorite thing in Islam, called Taqiyya, and made promises to a couple of the Shah's allies, a few countries, that if they take power, they will offer free oil to those countries. This was the very first step of them starting to gain trust. Now, considering back then, Shah already proved that he's not a type to trade anything for free, or actually he was a very strict person when it came to how he ruled that country, And I don't mean that in a bad way. And no, I'm not saying he was perfect either. But he was very strict. So was his father. So basically the best way, the same thing that's happening today, by the way, I'm just going to do a quick flashback. Today Saudi Arabia is doing the same trick with us here as far as the oil and money goes. They're using the same bases to get inside. So now going back to 1979 when the revolution happened, Besides the fact that, you know, Shah didn't have enough support, also our people wanted them to go, by them I mean Shah's family. They wanted an Islamic republic. And that's exactly what's happening today in Europe. It hasn't happened in U.S. yet. But I hope nobody hates me for saying this, but it's right here, not far from us. It got to the point that people wanted it. And now in Europe, people are asking for Islamic Republic or Sharia law to bring in to government. That is yeah, like the what really- I always use to say. This is why I say Islam is not a religion; it's an ideology, and it's definitely more than fifty percent involved with politics. It has nothing to do with religion. Now, this is exactly how they got to Europe, and this is exactly how they're going to get to the US unless they stop it.
5: Yeah, they are actually asking for it, and they're pushing for it. And uh, I think (laughs) I've seen the video. There's actually a video that that, um, goes across a number of different places. Uh, If anybody has seen the video or paid attention to the video coming out of France where they were actually riding in the street, uh, that's one. Uh, obviously Germany is under a whole lot of duress right now, thanks to like Angela Merkel saying, yeah, if you don't open your border, we're going to have a war. And she's talking about a war between her border and another border. And the, the amount of people that are pushing into Germany, which I, I don't understand uh, if, if these people are so ingrained into liking Sharia law, liking Islam, and following that what they perceive as a religion, but everybody else sees it as a a political ideology. Why are they not going to other Muslim countries? And it's because they don't have any free stuff. Uh, Germany wants to give them free stuff. Sweden, they were given free stuff. Denmark, the United Kingdom, I mean, they had all these free things for anybody that would apply for them. And it's turned into a loophole for people to get in and, and... benefit from these free things, you know, free telephone, free house, free car, free money, blah, blah, blah. You can live here, you can have as many wives as you want in certain instances. And people that are paying attention, uh, and have lived it, like you and, as, and and me, that I'm paying attention, I know that James is paying attention, and a lot of our listeners are, it is so frightening to see what is happening in places like Germany, in France.
3: but, but If you don't mind me jumping in here, I don't I understand what you're saying, but I don't think the reason they're not going to other Islamic countries is that. The reason for it, as I have always mentioned, is that here's, here's one thing you all need to see. Everybody needs to realize about a word of Quran. Any human being born is Mohammedan, which is a Muslim. And the ones that are born outside of Islamic countries are being tricked by evil to turn into other religions. They are becoming infidels, right? So the ultimate victory for Islam is when it conquers the planet, when the entire planet becomes one Islamic state. So this is why they're coming. They're not coming for our free stuff. They're coming because if you the, the same video you're staring to, I watched it, and there's a part when a, a mom in UK is saying in Arabic. There's there's a subtitle for saying that. They will lose to us because we're gonna, we're gonna rape their women, and we're gonna bring in Muslim kids to this country. We're gonna outsource them. Freedom. Exactly, and this yeah. is what is. This is not about our free stuff or Europe's free stuff. It's about them coming to these countries and take over. They need to conquer every single country and turn it into Islamic state. So that's when. It's the moment that, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. Because Quran said every human is Muhammadiyah or Muslim. So you either convert everyone or you kill the non-Muslim and bring more Muslim kids to the ward and, you know, da 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 I don't even want to continue to spend this because it's ridiculous to me. But <laughs> it is what it you. is. You know, to me, the rest of it is blah, 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 blah. But this is what people need to realize, that they're not coming because they're poor. They're not coming because they're have nowhere to go. They're not coming because they are fighting. No, they're coming to take our lives away. Stop being so nice. Don't, don't walk into the trap of, oh, poor refugees. They're not poor refugees. Look at them. More than two-thirds of them are just men between age of 18 and 40. These are soldiers. They're not refugees. They're soldiers of Allah coming to take our life.
5: Well, the soldiers of Muhammad. Because, you know, I mean, really, it was Muhammad's teaching. I mean, when you look at Islam, it came from one guy, his whole life. And everybody that follows Islam flies into that in one way, shape, or form. Whether they believe it because they they have this, uh, you know, an obvious belief in that, or they've been indoctrinated to believe it, which means that they've heard nothing else. There is no other possibility. This is the only thing that they know. So this is what they must do. And, and as I understand it, that's the absolute teaching of Islam. This, this is the only way there is. There is no, there is no other thing uh, because it's dictated throughout their whole life through Sharia law. This is the way you got to live. you got to walk into a bathroom using this foot. you got to eat with your left hand and your right hand. you, know, you got to, you know, you're going to sleep only one way, because that's how Muhammad was, a person, a human, not a deity, a person. Uh, and there's been no counterpoint to that, at least in the last you know, 60, 70 years, where you know, Islam, Sharia law has gotten such a huge hold on you know, the Middle East uh, and certainly you know, the other side of the Atlantic in comparison to the United States and certain other Christian countries. So it's frightening to see. I know James is chomping at the bit to ask another question.
6: (laughs) Well, I I did have one, Miss Cyrus. Do you think it's too late for Europe? No, I don't. What What is What is What is the remedy?
3: Okay. To me, the only way they can take Europe back (laughs) is to fight back. And now I don't mean violence. As you all know, I'm all about peace. What I do mean is, at the end of the day, the the, the number of people is more than number of government staff. Does that make sense? Yes. So considering they are, let's say Sweden, which is one of the worst cases at the moment, I hear from a lot of Swedish people saying, "We're gonna run away." You don't do that. Stand your ground. Stay there. Preach, preach. One of the fights right now in Sweden is Muslims are preaching Islam and they're forcing Christians to either convert or die, right? Yes. Build more churches. Bring more Christianity to your streets. And I'm not, I have to always do this because I get misunderstood a lot and I don't like being misunderstood. I'm not saying I'm preaching any religion, no. I'm saying fight them with their weakness. Their weakness is any other religion, their weakness is when a woman is not afraid to come out and speak out. Their their fear is when a man stand behind his woman and says, This is how my wife's gonna dress and if you touch her, I know what to do with you. So this is the type of fight back I'm talking about. Don't flee. Don't take up. Don't hide in your houses. Don't 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 let them get more power than they have. And if they and one or two or ten people on the streets doing it, I highly doubt that Swedish, uh, uh, Sweden uh, government is going to come and arrest every single one of them. That's not going to happen. Because they have rights. Yes, I understand in Europe they don't have the right to you know, guns, but they do have the right to walk on the street and talk about whatever they wish to talk about. As long as it's not hate or racism or, you know, I know all the limitations there. But it's still, there is a way for it. They just need to unite. Again, same thing we need to do here in the United States. We need to become one. The same thing in Europe. Right now, a a British person shouldn't look at herself or himself as a British person. He or she should say, I'm a European. Hold hands with any other European and fight this together. Forget about your borders right now. It's not about borders. Become one unity. Fight them as one Europe, not countries. The problem is right now they're fighting as one country. You know, Germany is fighting for Germany. Europe is, uh, sorry, UK is fighting for UK. So the only way for them to get them out of there is to become one. Forget about your borders and become one European nation. Fight them, get them out of your countries.
4: So, all right, now
5: the whole, the, the premise, of the show, which I hoped had come, would come to fruition, which is, it doesn't seem to, like it's going to, was to do kind of a before and after of what Iran looked like. Uh, we talked about, you know, Iran being a monarchy before the revolution in 79. And that's really not that long ago. Um, and you were born a number of years after that. I'm not going to give up that time because I don't do that. um, <laughs> um so let's do a little bit of history on what you went through uh, up until the time that you were able to get out of Iran. I've, I've heard it. Um, I know a lot of our listeners probably have, but I'm, I could probably – actually, I can guarantee you there are a number of listeners paying attention to this that have not heard what you went through as a young girl growing up in Iran under Sharia law. So if you would, uh, give us some of that.
3: Of course. Um Let me go ahead and give you a general list, and then we can, you know, get to details of whichever one you like. But from age of zero to 15, here are what I went through. I was arrested over 14 times. I was punished by over 109 lashes. The crimes involved were me wearing um, nail polish, having long nails, wearing a one fitted uh, clothing that was not suiting the Islamic law, uh, me being at a party that was a mix of boys and girls, these are the reasons I got lashes for. Moving on, I, um, I was, uh, I was, I was, uh, I think it's called a child bride. Yes. That's the word. So, in another word, I was, um, in, like, I got to be sold to a marriage. Um, also, I did, um, I, I did suffer, um, I don't know what to put this sentence. Somebody help me there. Um, uh, I don't, I, I don't like using the word victim, but anyway, I was a victim of rape and sexual assault. Oh, uh, what else? Um, well, pretty much, um, I was, anything you can imagine that could happen to a girl under age of 18, which mine was under age of 15 has happened, but I guess the 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 one that is the most against the human right in the point of view of people outside of uh Islamic faith is that you know uh marriage, marriage underage uh and also you know sexual assault and rape because uh there is no such a thing as rape in Islamic law, so it doesn't count as rape, so you are raped but you're not raped.
5: yeah, and that's it, rape is uh, forced sexual intercourse uh, upon another person and yes men can be raped, women can be raped and certainly uh, a child you know you're still a child at 15 and a lot of people would argue that you're still a child at 18 though you're given a certain amount of uh, a certain amount of you know, not respect but you have a little bit more privilege um, you can't make your mind up at that age and you can't make decisions based on something that i feel should be you know within your heart they, you know you, you can't do that at that age you're just you know you're acting out of you know almost anything and if you're you know 13 14 years old somewhere between 9 and 15 9 and 17 you you don't have the maturity level to make a decision to um, stand up for yourself and say, no, I don't want this. I mean, you may fight back, but because in your case, married into sex, you know, or excuse me, married, you know, pushed into marriage at a young age, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of set up to fail. And I understand where you're coming from when you say you don't want to use the term victim of rape, but when you don't have a choice, that is really what it is. You, you, you know, it sucks to say, and I, I completely understand. But you are a man. and that's not something that we recognize in America as it's a okay to do. Um, it happens, and it's not good at any age. Period. End of story. And you know. When you're you were married off between like I think you said uh, between 13 and 15 or 15 or by 15 years old, um, so you don't even have a choice then. Well, but, but you know, I understand. one thing
3: one thing we all need to uh, or let me mention one thing: by Islam, uh, a girl who turns eight, uh, to uh, who turns nine is an adult. So what you're saying is the right mentality of how it should be, which a 15-year-old or a 9-year-old or even up to 18 is not, you know, it's not mature enough. But uh, with with, with Islam, how it is is that as soon as you turn 9, done. You're an adult woman.
5: Okay, so So a 9-year-old boy is supposed to be the same thing? Also an
3: adult, is that right? No, no, no. A boy is 16. You see, let's let's remember one major thing about Islam. A woman is half of a man, okay, or half of a human. A man is a complete human. A woman is half of the human, which is half of the man. So man gets twice the luxury, and woman gets nothing of the luxury. So a woman at age nine, now there is no age of marriage. You can be five months old and you, you can be married off. And let's let's be honest, this is not marrying off. Not my case, not many of the cases. It's not marrying you off, it's selling you out Because how it works is that they pay a certain amount or a certain thing to take you away. So it's basically they just sell you. You know, your product, property, they sell you off. So it's not even a marriage, it's a sell-off. So you get sold. Yeah, I need, I need
5: like ghosts or something because, you know, I got to, you know, you know, feed a couple of people or something like that, and I, I'm going to, you know, get rid of my daughter. So I, I really don't feel like taking care of her. Before. Exactly. It's really and, you
3: know, it, it, it's a, it, it, it can be anything. You know, they trade you with the properties. They trade you with cash money. They trade you with drugs. Whatever they can trade you with, depending on how much they think you're worth it at that point, they sell you off. Now, within Islamic rules, there is no actual age of marriage. You can marry a girl as young as six months old, but you can't sleep with her until she turns nine.
4: Oh, man.
3: Because even on the case of Aisha, one of the things that gets misunderstood a lot is Aisha didn't get married when she was nine. No, she was six years old when she got married. But... The marriage was, you know, whatever. Mohammed has slept with her when she turned nine. But there is no age limit for the marriage. This is not a 1,400-year-old deal. No, to this day, I know of families, as soon as their baby is born and it's a girl, they promise her to another family. They do it. Do it.
1: It is so frightening to me because
5: I have friends with nine year old daughters that I could not imagine marrying off to anybody for any reason. I just I, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times I'm speechless when I hear you talk because you lived this you 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 were part of this culture until so you were able to get away. And if people don't understand the reality of this unless we talk about it, unless we have this discussion about it. And thank you for being here and talking about this stuff. I mean, you know, from the bottom of my heart. Yes, absolutely. This is something that is, you know, it's in, it's, it's pushing into Europe. We see it. We've paid attention to the videos. We know the amounts of quote-unquote, refugees that are crossing into these countries are men. It's more men than women and children. And those women and children are, you know, those women are bringing up those children in the same, the same, oh, no, you know, Islam, it's okay, you know, and and, and you can do this and you can do that, and they're talking it up like it's, it's this great thing. But in, yes, in countries,
3: it's a brainwashed system. That's why it's a knowing, not a religion. Look, I, I, I have mentioned it many times, but I will keep repeating it until everyone heard it. When you are born, yeah. the very first whisper you hear to your ear is a love like that. The moment yeah. you take your first breath, the brainwash is
1: gone. yeah oh wow i'm i'm getting a little bit of feedback i don't know who it's
5: coming from uh i know i know there's people people listening okay i don't know maybe it's james i don't know we're getting some feedback on some end here somebody may need to mute their 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 mic okay Uh, anyways so do you think you're encroaching into europe and it is programming like, like you're talking about And to do a quick comparison about what's transpiring today in America, we've got this thing called Common Core. And people doubt me when I tell them that Islam is being taught in our schools because it's being forced on them. And they spend, you know, a chapter or two chapters, somewhere in their 40 pages, talking about Islam and the five pillars of Islam and how great it is. And they make them recite and memorize the conversion prayer or whatever it might be uh, in schools. And they make girls that go to visit a mosque wear the hijab or the burqa Uh, if you want to teach Americans history don't make them conform to your culture by force if they want to learn about any other religion they can do so or political ideology they can do so in America but it's not about making it not about forcing it on everybody which is what's transpiring and has transpired throughout the Middle East, and what's going on in Europe, Australia, and, and, and Great Britain, and it just frightens me, and that's why I stand with you, you know, because
4: people
5: got to understand this.
3: But here's the problem. What you're asking for, it's impossible. Reason for it. Islam equals force. If you read the Quran, there are verses that tell that you don't give a choice. You're one verse in Quran Suranatha says which means the woman it says if a man think not to think, if a man think his wife is about to start disobeying him he should warn her then separate her, his bedroom then beat her until she stops thinking about disobeying him. This is from the Quran.
5: Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and beat women. That's okay, yeah, because you know, they're less than human. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, well, but that's it, the thing I you know, just smack it's, them it's around. Thing,
3: Come it's, on. it's all it's, based on assumption. A man has the right to assume and it's proven. The same thing happens with adultery. If four men go to a judge and say, we think this woman committed adultery, she will be dead. She, she will be stoned to death. It's an assumption, but that's okay. Now, it's a force that I'm trying to say. There is no choice within Islam. So they're not going to come and say, okay, if you like, study Islam. No. They will force our kids. And let's remember one more thing. They're not teaching the truth of Islam to our kids. They are telling them anything but the truth. There is a part on that, that, um, that book that they're teaching at our school here in the United States. It's a biography of Muhammad, and it does mention that you know uh, a man was born named Muhammad. Okay, I don't know where you're getting your information. First of all, Muhammad was born by the name of Ahmed. After he was adopted by his uncle, who was a religious man, he changed his name from Ahmad to Muhammad. So get your basics right. Then he moves on to say he was a great man, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, blah-blah-blah-blah-blah, to the point that it wrapped it up like, right. and then he got married and had children. No, 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 no. He had 12 wives at the same time. He didn't get married and have children. This is looking too normal, people. No. Muhammad had 12 wives at the same time. And that is okay within Islam. You can have four permanent wives and unlimited rental wives. Make sure to teach that when you're teaching Islam to those little girls because I'm pretty sure they're going to stand up and say, hell no, I'm not going to go for that.
5: Yeah, I'll be sure if we'll be pointing that out.
6: Is it, it is, is tyranny,
3: question,
6: man. <laughs> it's, well, it's it's to me, it, 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 it's the only thing worse than the tyranny of the Nazis is is what we see with with Islam. It's totalitarian, and I and it, beyond. It is totalitarian in its control uh, and and force on its subjects beyond what what Nazi Germany was it's it is the clearest and present danger that we have faced since the Nazis and at some point I believe you know we're going to reach we're going to reach this this level of of critical mass and and there's going to be there's going to be reaction a a violent reaction we've already got honor killings taking place here in the United States we have this this false indoctrination this this deceptive indoctrination taking place in some of our schools and we we have to we have to stand fast and and stop this we got to draw a line and say you know this point and no further and and it's just like it's just like miss cyrus said it's going to take it's going to take a unifying greater than what it took during the Second World War, because I think this is a much greater threat.
3: I agree. Absolutely. And now is the time. We either do it now, or it'd be too late. We don't have... A lot of of, uh, people come to my page saying, well, you know, there's only one year left of Obama. I'm like, we don't have a year. If we let things go the way they're going... There is no next election. We won't get that far. Well,
4: and me and her agree
3: no on that person. one. Yeah, it's not <laughs> because of a negative person. It comes from where I witness my country go from a, uh, what they used to call it back then, a mini Europe country, to what it is today.
2: Now, I have a question. In Iran
3: today, sure, go ahead.
2: Now, let me qualify the question first. Uh-oh. In, right. in 19—yeah, I don't know how much you know, because uh, I only agree with what she says partially on the shawl. The shawl was a Western puppet. Most of us know that, that know history. Okay, the people did rise up because they got tired of the Western puppet. And the reason why I say it was a Western puppet is if you go back to Mohammed Mosaddegh in 1953, who was Western friendly, he tried to industrialize Iran, he wanted to better the people. Yeah, they were Islam, but it was a more peaceful Islam. So he asked for 25% of the oil profits to build schools, build infrastructure, and our government through the CIA and British intelligence overthrew Mohammed Mosaddegh and put in the Shah. So that's where you see the meddling of the U.S. Now, with that qualification, how much do you see... The problem with Islam being shipped, if you want to use that term, through the terminology of refugees, but they're being sent because our government is emboldening and basically funding and radicalizing these factions to do this. How much do you see... Us, as in our, this administration, this government that we
3: call the United States, causing it? Uh, I would say
5: 75%. I can actually chime in a little bit of this. Sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, through my line of work, uh, I have been in many, many houses. And one of the houses that I uh, was able to work in and still do, at least up to this point, and I'm not going to say who I work for or what I do because it might lead things in uh, too negative direction for myself and my company. So I'm not going to do that part. But uh, I was in a uh, – I was in the office of this gentleman who actually met with uh, – Iran met with the uh follow up mullah regime that's actually continued power today, the Ayatollah, uh along with those in Iraq uh Saudi Arabia. I've seen pictures of this man standing with them. He worked for a once great oil industry or industrial complex called Texaco, and he was one of the people. Who brought foreign oil into the United States back in that time frame? Now, I've seen dates on paperwork in this man's office because he had actually passed away and they were actually cleaning everything out, and I was uh, taking care of some things inside this man's office at, at his residence. Um, now, he received a million dollar a year bonus after he retired from the head of that company or near the head of that company as a, uh, a counselor's fee. Anytime they needed his input, they could call him. And he, it doesn't matter. He sat on that company payroll, million dollars a year. Also, he got limousine, helicopter service, had an apartment in New York. Anytime that he needed to, you know, well, we need your help. So when it comes to oil, when it comes to how influential Iran was at that time, you know, mid-70s, late-70s, right on up into the early and mid-80s is when this guy was most influ- influential. He's German.
1: Let that sink in there for a minute, okay? He's German. You go back into World War II history, The you understand... You'll, you'll understand
5: what I'm talking about when I bring those two together. Yeah, now, this is a big history lesson for a lot of people. Um, but he was very influential in bringing foreign oil into the United States. Uh, so when when you're talking about the political push and, and show of what's transpiring, we can't all answer those questions because we were not actually there. But I actually agree with Inaz when she says at least 75% of what's transpiring, this pushback, uh, because they view us as uh, a world bully. Plain and simple. And what do you do to a bully? You try and punch them in the face or leave us alone. Well, there's a couple other things to do, too. You could try to appease them. Or when you're getting pushed back at you, oh, I'm sorry, you know, it's all okay. And that's what's really transpiring today and has been done, has been happening for the last seven years. Now, <laughs> Europe needs to stand up as one, like I was saying, America needs to stand up as one and say, no, we don't want this, we don't need this. We need to get off of foreign oil, and people talk about that on this radio show and that television show and this presidential representative and blah, blah, blah. Let's be energy independent so we don't have to rely on anything else. But guess what? Our president actually shut down the Keystone Pipeline because it's not going to benefit anybody in the United States, which is actually fact because the oil that's coming out of Canada is junk oil. It's sand crude or it's got... There's all all kinds of crap in it. I do want
2: to correct you on one thing. It does benefit... Okay.
5: It benefits America by jobs because we're the ones that are building the pipeline. Okay? And maintaining its safety and its structure. If that's where you're going, I'm with you. But at the same time, we get a little bit of money because it's actually being piped through our country from Canada to uh, the Gulf of Mexico. But that, that junk, that sand crude, is actually turned into what's called pep coke. That is sold to places like China and India and other countries that burn it as a fossil fuel, and it is the dirtiest stuff you're dealing with. And we're actually getting away from the topic, so uh, if that's where you're going with vine, then, then say no more. No. But if it's something else, then please speak up.
2: No, that wasn't that. One, we do have enough oil under our soil to, to, one, be energy independent for 500 years. That's been in congressional hearings. And two, the one person it does benefit, and if you really go look at it, who owns most of the train companies that is shipping the oil? George Soros. Why do you think they won't pass the Keystone pipeline because he's making billions shipping the oil All
6: right, and think of the carbon footprint of running those diesels back and forth
2: there you go. They don't care about that
6: well, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying is we're sp- the oil was supposed to be bad. we're supposed to be looking at alternative sources, but that would be the most yeah. Yeah, ecosystem, yeah, okay. you know, ecosystemically method of transport would be through a pipeline rather than using a bunch of diesels running it back and forth.
5: All right, all right. So let's let's we get time to talk about this uh, on the other side of the void because I know that Inaz only has about another you know, 15 minutes or so. Um, and thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much. I love you to death. Um, is yeah, this has been you great. want people. You want people to really understand. Um, you know, like I said, we got about 15 minutes before the break. You're more than welcome to stay and discuss all this other stuff that we're getting into. But um, I know you don't have a short, short amount of time. So what would you like to talk about?
3: Actually, um, I, if you don't mind, I just want to quickly say what you guys were talking about makes sense completely. But, again, I take it back to where I say my worry today is that our, our, our politicians or our politics or oil or not is not what we, we will save us today. What's going to save us today is to all stand against these so-called refugees who are the actual Muslims coming here to take over our lives. That should become the number one priority right. of our lives today. When we can get rid of them and take our country back, then we can all you know, decide on a better candidate probably or better policies or anything like that. But today, as we're standing, as, as we're speaking, they are coming in huge numbers, and they are bringing their culture, their laws, their brainwashed brains, and it's not going to be easy to fight them. One thing I always say is that how we look at it is that, you know, if it comes to it, man-to-man, we fight them. But the problem with them is that they're not going to come fight us man-to-man. They are more ruthless than that. They're not going to come to our face and fight us. They're going to go after our kids. They're going to go after our families. And they're going to cut you know, us off guard. So the more we know about them, the better we can you know, fight them. Because at the end of yes. the day, we're going to have to fight them. Now, again, I'm not referring to like physically fight them or kill anyone. I'm referring to just fight them. And the only way you can fight a Muslim because of the twisted version of what they're introducing to the world because what we read about them is not the truth. What they're introducing is not the truth. Now, we do have people like Anjum Chowdhury who dares to come out and tell the truth. But because Here's we too extreme, nobody actually believes him. I'm one of those who am like, listen to this guy. He's telling the truth. He's right. They're coming to take our lives. But nobody yes, believes
6: him. There's I believe. going to come a point, though, I think, when it's going to it's, it's going to take much more Active resistance.
3: Exactly. I don't, the
6: they, exactly they have the a bloodlust, and, and we're going to have to meet it. We're going to have to stop it. And we're going to have to use the amount of force necessary to overcome the level of force that they're going to try and use to subjugate this country.
3: Well, but well, the great thing we have here that people don't have in Europe is our constitution. We have so much advantage. We just stick to our constitution. They have so much more advantage to fight them and get them out of here. If they try to come in more than they have, we can fight them. We think we them come out. And I don't know who's going to call me racist, but I don't want them here. I don't like them here. I don't want them here.
5: No. Well, you can't be racist against a religion or a political ideology. And it's actually Warren Buffett that owns those, those uh, rail lines. Uh, as right. The oh,
3: no. Star, uh, no, no, That racist comment okay. is actually a joke. Believe it or not, a fellow Iranian called me racist. I'm like, <laughs> I can't be racist toward my own people. So it's a, it's a joke of my life now. I walk around there I'm such a racist toward Iranian, even though I'm born in Iran.
2: Okay, now I do agree with her. I do agree with what she's been saying. I saw the article today, and if you go do a search, "new Muslim majority city council," you're gonna find it. That was one of the things that came out of the elections, was this city council in Michigan is majority Muslim. How much you yeah. want to bet, you're going to see Sharia law go into effect.
5: Well, see, that's just it. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take this little bit of time and this little bit of time and this little bit of time. It's going to. I mean, we're talking, you know, not five years, we're talking 10 years or 15 years where they start to have the numbers where it's voted into place because that is how our constitution, that is how our legal system and political system works. And if we don't do things like the 16 states that have already done so to ban Sharia law in some way, shape, or form, that's that's where people need to get on board.
3: Start standing
5: up and pushing back and do it legally first. And if legally doesn't do it, okay, well, then if it comes to it, we'll start trading bullets with you, because we don't want it. We're tired of it, uh, and I, I guarantee you, the majority of people in America do not want this in America once they understand what is really, actually, and honestly happening uh, behind the scenes of what we was talking about. The stuff you read in the paper, no, that's not it. The stuff you see on TV, no, that's not it. Let's get real. Let's have a discussion about it, and when Our presidential candidates are talking about closing down the borders. I don't care if they ship the ones that are here out. Okay? It's going to take longer to go that route. But close the borders. And unfortunately, Department of Homeland Security, the CIA, the FBI, whoever says, we can't verify every one of these people that's coming in. There's no way that we can possibly do that. We don't have the manpower, blah, 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 to be able to make sure that these people are not part of some, you know, terrorist cell someplace or even... An extreme side, which our presidential
1: representatives won't use that term, to identify these people. Ugh, I wish
5: oh, I wish I could reach out and shake everybody into waking up to the fact uh this is actually coming to America. And you're,
4: oh, yeah,
5: it's, you need a place to live? Sure, come on in. All these liberals and these progressives, they don't get it. They're so blinded. By I don't know what kind of doctrine they're following.
3: To not well, that's the reality
5: of, of the matter.
3: No, they choose to. They choose to listen to what's nicer. As I said, it could get so scary. What, what I do on unknown episodes is actually I compare the Quran with Islamic Republic of Iran's constitution to make a point. And sometimes it gets so scary. I have people commenting or coming on my private message saying this cannot be real. I'm like, oh, sweetheart, it is as real as it's here, but it's just too scary for you to face it. But I'm sorry, you're going to have to face it. If not, you're going to have to face it physically, because they're going to come here. I'm not kidding when I say, Quran says you can rape a non, you can rape a non-Muslim woman to the point of death. It comes from which is what's what's happening
5: in in Sweden. Exactly happening in Norway. Germany.
3: Uh, yeah. Well oh, yeah, Germany. It's the rate of uh, rape is so high in Germany. It, it's literally broken the record. But then again, it's like either take it from someone like me and other women who are telling you, or sadly, if you don't, well, this nice face is not going to last long because they're going to come to you and they're going to show you in actual reality how Quran works. So please do wake up. Please do listen. Do your homework. Ask questions. And face it, it's a scary, y'all. Let's be scared before it happens. It's better, you know, when you get scared now, you're prepared to fight it. But if you're caught off guard without knowing what you're facing, then it's harder to fight it.
2: I need to send her a private message on Facebook sometimes (laughs) because I got an email address (laughs) I want to give her to 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 another news Uh, source. (laughs) <laughs> all
5: right, Inaz, let me ask you this. In regards to uh sakia or Tikia, uh, thank you for correcting me. on The last time you were on the show is Tikia. Of um, course. If you, all right, uh, the personal experience here, uh, I, there are a number of 7-Elevens that I go to in my local neck of the woods that are owned by, uh, I don't know if they're Islamic. I know they're Indian. I know they're Egyptian. Okay. If I was to approach them as some, you know, redneck looking, uh, full on American guy, how would I find out if they are, uh, if they follow Islam or if they don't follow Islam? What would be the question I could ask them where they could not use takia to get away from it?
3: Oh, uh, that is a show of a. Oh, to be honest, I can't give you an answer in a minute or two here. However, I can <laughs> say, oh yeah, a taqiyah has a huge explanation behind it because wow. there's so many ways around it that you can you can even go as far as denouncing Islam and you're still using taqiyah. So it's like really, ho- unless you can speak certain words of Arabic, which is really pushing it too far, you you won't be able to easily get it. However, I can say two things that make a joke about Islam and the body language will tell you the truth a real follower of Islam will not take your joke no matter how much because you know the brainwash kicks in you know that the the, the, uh, Stockholm syndrome kicks in one thing I mentioned about a lot of people ask me why do you keep saying Obama is a Muslim I, I keep telling look at him when he's giving a speech as soon as you start talking about Islam, Muslims, you know, Holy Quran or anything related that, to that, look at his body language. Completely goes to a respectful body language when you talk about anything related to Islam. And that's one thing that you cannot change about a Muslim. They use Txia, but as soon as you start disrespecting Islam, their body language will tell you that they are completely offended. That right. your are blessed to know who's a real Muslim.
5: Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be using this in the next couple of days. I guarantee that because um, <laughs> I'm actually friends with uh, a guy from Egypt. Very cool, uh, and he doesn't spout anything about it, anything like that. But I, I have a feeling that he is. I do respect him. I don't think he is um, a radical about it. Whether or not he you know pushes that side of it, I don't know yet. I mean, we've had a couple of different discussions. Uh, but there's another store that I go to, uh, and I think they're Indian, and even in India, Islam is the predominant religion political ideology. Um, so and I'm not fond of that store because of that. I try to avoid it as much as I possibly can. I'm not going to help them you know make a whole bunch of money here in the United States. Um, but thank you uh, so if 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 I go into the store and I'm with my coworker, and he's kind of on board with my thinking. Uh, you know, we need to stop Islam and Sharia law in the United States. If so I go in there and I say some you know negative thing about Islam and the attitude of these gentlemen change, because they're always super, super nice, I'll be able to tell without having to actually ask them directly. Awesome.
3: Exactly. Or okay. easily. Um, you know, one of the main things that triggers them a lot is when two people, two non-Muslim are having conversation and one tells the other one, What's up with this Muslim? They're so angry. You get a reaction okay. right away. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: um,
5: we're going to hit our break. Uh, I and I've, are you able to stick around or do you need to go and send to your family or do you have a little bit more time on the other side of the break?
3: Actually, I would love to stick around, but I have to go because I have less than an hour to get to the studio for filming The Unknown. Okay. So I would have to get going. But um, I want to thank you all for having me on. And hopefully, I can come back and we can cover more questions and get more information out there.
5: Absolutely. When, when uh, is the unknown coming online and where can people get in touch with it? Where can they find it? Where can they see it? All of
3: that. Well, basically, uh, they can go to our Facebook page, which is Live Up to Freedom. It's also on our YouTube channel, The Glasgow Gang. Glasgow is called Glasgow Gang. Uh, channel on YouTube is these two places are the best places to find online. The they can also go to our website, com, and that's where they can see the archive of all actions.
5: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's it always it, it's always a learning experience for myself and uh, I, I think I could speak for our uh, listeners and, uh, and James as well as Will and Brian. Um, so good night to you. Lady, uh, it's like I said, it's dynamite to hear you, and you will definitely be on the show again. You're going to be on the uh, WINN Network, Win Network, on Friday with either James or uh, uh, Mark Hoffman, uh, The Weekend Perspective or Patriot Nation, and I'm sure that people are going to be paying attention to that as well. I will be listening in for certain because every time I speak with you, I learn something new. So um, I will be paying attention to. Uh, your page, live up to freedom. I'll be looking at liveuptofreedom.com. I'll be cha- paying attention to the Glazov Gang and the Unknown on the YouTube channel from the of Gang. So again, I know I appreciate your time. Thank you so very very much. You have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna come back right after the break. So don't go away. We got plenty more show right after this. You're listening to FCC Radio. Coming out this Friday on SBC Radio for the love of the game, 6 p.m. Central, 7
1: p.m. Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. Be sure and tune in.
0: Are you tired of trying to find a barrel on the internet that suits your need and suits what you want to go for the people of America? Are you tired of the same Bolton style and designership that only leads use to a bunch of money? If you realize the person next to you has the same design with different combinations, the ladies and gentlemen I bring to you, Patriot Wolf Apparel. Apparel made by a design, design. Supporting the design, for the supporting supporting disabled veterans, veteran rights, and many other veteran organizations along the way. But remember, if you're looking for that, a guarantee you to pick the questions and the of your life, Patriot Wolf Apparel is for you. Go to www www.madrialswolfapparel.com Again, that is www. www.madrialswolfapparel.com And remember, folks, if the main people say, oh my God. You got it. Madrials Wolf Apparel. Possible side effects may be people thinking you're really, really cool for wearing a really outrageous shirt. Other side effects may be that you could possibly get a day. Other side effects may include that have not been loaded too. Looking damn snazzy. In the next piece of news That's Increase taken consumption. That's www.madrialswolfapparel.com
6: Are you trying to start a
5: movement or already have a movement, but you're tired, frustrated, disappointed at your
6: present choice of social platforms that have all kinds of restrictions? Come join us at CollaborateUSA.com and let's grow together without restrictions. A place where you can inspire, stimulate, and fulfill your ideas.
5: You're listening live on FPC Radio, where we like to say
4: political correctness.
5: Off the phone with Nina Cyrus. And uh, if you're not paying attention to this woman, you really need to do so. You're going to find out the truth about what Islam is, what Sharia law is. And uh, if, if you want to go check out her Facebook page, you can look at Live Up to Freedom. You can also check out the website LiveUpToFreedom.com, And if you want to find some more insightful information, you can check out the Glazov Gang on YouTube, which is G L A S. V, uh, uh, A-O-V, excuse me, Glazov, uh, O-V, yeah, Glazov Gang on YouTube, uh, firing up a new program over there, 10-Minute Shorts, uh, the show is called The Unknown, and she's been on the show before, she's been on FPC before, she's going to be on uh, WINN coming up here this Friday, so uh, sorry to throw people away from FBC Radio because this is my home, but uh, people need to know this information. She's going to be on uh, the Weekend Perspective Patriot Nation this coming Friday over there on blogtalkradio.com forward slash W-I-N-N. So look them up. Pay attention to that. You can also listen to that show in archive if you want to pay attention to us over here at FTC. But back to the show, we've got James Bostick on the line, who is, <clears throat> excuse me, who is the host of the Weekend Perspective on uh, the Wind Network. And we've got uh, Brian, who is the host of um the Boys of the Few uh excuse me, rights of the Few on Talkshoe Radio. Uh he's also gonna be firing up a radio program uh on the Wind Network on Sunday so be sure and pay attention to that because FBC doesn't have a show on Sundays. Uh I'm partial. I'm biased, okay, leave me alone. What are you gonna do? <laughs> You know, I mean, I love you guys over there, and I thank you for being a part of this. And I, I you know, I I didn't really get permission, but I got I did get a go ahead, so I guess that's kind of a permission. So, um, so I know there's things bouncing around your your brain there, James. I mean, did you know much of this stuff? Did you have you ever had a a personal time account of of somebody's life living under Sharia law?
6: No, not not like this. You know, I I read um. I've read some of the things that have been published by Darius Radmanesh, of course, and uh, had had kind of refreshed myself on those things in, anticip- in, in anticipation of him being on the show. But from the things that I had read in the past, and Brian had mentioned uh Mossadegh, the things that that I that I had read, and, and it's been a long time, and I'm I'm just a little fuzzy on, it, but. Um, Mossadegh was moved out of power because he was he was linked or it was made to appear that he was linked with the communists, the Soviet bloc types. And of course, you know, mid nineteen fifties, late nineteen fifties, we're we're screaming Cold War at some of its most frosty. So yeah. we're looking to we're looking to block Soviet expansion and and Iran and I, and um and that's how the Shah that's how the Shah was was played. They they restored the royal family after this this alleged communist reformer Mossadegh, and uh, the CIA moved him out and they put the Shah in. But I was reading, according to a lady named, and I was just looking this up a couple a little bit ago. She's a uh, she's a foreign policy type. She's uh, she, she apparently well respected. I've never heard of her, but her name is Hillary de Berrier. You guys, that ring bring a bell with you? All?
2: A little bit. Uh,
5: okay. The last I can't even pronounce her name, so I know that it's not that one. And she was actually somewhat instrumental in bringing down the Shah of Iran, uh, slash King of Iran, because it, again, Iran was a monarchy before we we're you know right. dealing with the uh, trouble that we have now.
6: Uh, well, it, it, those, it would appear that he was he was a you know. Iran was a very westernized nation during the time of the Shah. And and yeah. obviously, yeah. you know, with American American CIA influence and, and it's a good thing to have. That's that was yeah, I'm sure that was conventional thinking at the time. But I always thought that when the Carter administration turned its back on the Shah and and Inez was saying that, you know, it seemed to be more of a popular uprising A return to this fundamentalism and That, that brought about the Shah's ascendancy um,
2: Well it, it, it was But here's the thing Let's, lose, let's use the, uh, A more recent example Saddam Hussein <clears throat> Saddam Hussein was trained By the CIA Funded by us to take over Iraq What was he doing? He was See, these people, they put in power, they put put them in power to play ball, but then they get to where they like their little power, they like the influence they have. So what happened was, is if you really go dig into the history of Saddam Hussein, during Desert Storm, he was trying to pay off his national debt. He was pumping oil out of the ground as fast as he could. And OPEC said, oh, no, 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 you don't. Because they don't want these big central banks, don't want you out of debt. He was, right. he was building schools. I mean, they were having Playboys in the stores. They were having Western music. They were extremely Western friendly. The women were not in burkas. The women were able to go to colleges and drive. What do we do? We go in and overthrow Saddam Hussein Claim he's this bad person that had ties to Al Qaeda, and then they split up the country into three, which is what you see doing now with the ISIS and their little faction.
6: Well, that
5: that and, and they said that well he used chemical weapon, uh, weapons against his own people, and he used them against the against Turks, and he used them against you know these people, and those people, these people. There's been uh, there's been no evidence of that.
4: That's and right. That's
5: part of the. Mainstream indoctrination that people oh if this is and and they believe this and recently in the last you know two debates uh, it's been there's been more light shed on how biased our news media is uh, than there has ever been in the last you know fifteen twenty years so people have lost faith in where they get their news from and it comes down to you know radio shows like this that actually yes. talk about the issues that people want to understand and need to know about. You know, so when you're talking about you know, Saddam Hussein, yeah, he was a puppet. He, was, he stood there with the French prime minister or the French president um, back before he, was, before he was put into power, uh, and they were shaking hands. Uh, there's some false picture about him and Hillary Clinton, whatever. Um, but no, there is an actual picture of him and the French president shaking hands, talking, you know, good buddies and everything. And yet, Iran, Iraq, they were very westernized countries. Uh, and so we have this right now. And the void that's been created by our presidential representative by pulling all, out, all of our troops out and now sending them back into places like, you know, Syria and Iraq, or excuse me, Syria Iraq, and staying in Afghanistan, uh, all for the guise of, you know, trying to appease now, people that are actually paying attention to the truth, going, what are you doing? You need to stop this. Uh, Putin is over there blowing stuff up. And I actually kind of agree with Trump's statement last night during the, the debate, where he said, if Putin wants you to blow him up, fine. Won't to film. Let him do it.
2: Saves us money.
5: And it does. But at the same time, our military is so weak. we couldn't fight off, you know, <laughs> we couldn't fight off very much. I mean, go on, let's face it. Uh, yeah, we have all these nifty weapons and things like that. So we're kind of at a loss when it comes to being able to fight back. We don't have, you know, that's not troops like they do, because that's pretty much how they train all their troops. You know, they from from in school, they've got a weapon in their hand, and they're shooting and stuff, and they're getting familiar with it. They're not afraid of weapons like kids in America are today. They're not. And right. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing that we do have going for us. We have parents that hunt. Moms and dads can go out there and they shoot weapons and they teach their kids how to respect a weapon because it's always loaded, even if you know that it's not, so you don't point it at anybody, period. That's the first rule of Weapons 101. It's always loaded, even if you know it's not, so you do not point it at people. And, don't tell
2: the liberals you know, we, about like that I said, because go, they'll go nuts. <laughs>
5: um We have parents that still hunt, and we have the largest unorganized army anywhere in the world. If we were to actually mobilize and stand against the the unlawful things that our current presidential representative does, as a country, what would they do? They would crap in their pants and say,
1: okay, yeah, we'll arrest them. I mean, hands down. You know, you've got this super, super super-duper
5: liberal, you know, left side of our coast called California, and, you know, the right side of our coast, a little tiny place called New York, doing all of these things. And then you've got, you know, little mixtures of the rest. But primarily, the majority of people in the United States understand that the things that are transpiring on a political forum are wrong. Unconstitutional, and they're speaking about it. Six, I think it's 60 some percent don't like how our president is. 58 um, percent or something like that don't like Hillary Clinton for a president because of her, you know, her word she's pushing. It's no wonder people like Donald Trump and Ben Carson, two, you know, dark horses, have this popularity because they're not establishments. And that is something that people are, are definitely tired of and don't want
6: to see more of.
2: Well, I would I say this. I agree totally. The more people that know Trump, the more people that know Trump that I've been listening to, changing my opinion. Because I'm telling you what, listen to an interview from Monday, and I'd have to go look up who the guest was. But he wrote a book about uh, the Clinton crime family. I'd have to go look up the name of the book. But he's friends with Trump, and and the more people I'm hearing about Trump, they're saying he's for real. And he's really bringing out the hard subjects because he's doing the research and reading. I'm going to tell you what, if he's as real as these people make him sound, he'll be on the assassination list by the establishment.
6: Well, we live in interesting times, so that's for sure. I yeah, think I that, agree with um you. go ahead. No no the uh, I, I just it's what I think is if that's the case and I still have enough the realist in me, the cynic in me, you know. Knows that that you're you're not far from the truth. You know you tread heavily, but I think you speak the truth in it. And there's a re- very real possibility of something like that happening. But at the same time, I have this optimist side of me that that says, you know, sometimes events, circumstances, times such as we live in now. can can sometimes behoove certain men and women to look, to look beyond themselves, to dig deeper, and I know that sounds kind of corny, but, 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 but do you see what I'm saying, to dig deeper? And they look and they say, you know what, we are swirling in the toilet. We're not only in the toilet, we are swirling.
7: Yeah.
4: And I don't know how
6: many more times we're going to go round before, yeah, if, if we don't change something And I, I, think the term I believe you're that I have for James, James, I think the term
5: you're looking for Might be intellectually honest with yourself
6: yeah, yeah I really need to be that, that, And they look to a higher purpose than themselves And they say, you know what I think I can do I really think I can do something to fix this Because we can't continue the way we're going any longer And I can no longer stand by Just making money or being comfortable with the way things are. I think that there, there are still people around that, that heed the call of those times. And I don't think it's too far of a stretch to think that maybe Donald Trump's one of those guys, that, that Ben Carson's one of those people, that Carly Fiorina and Ted Cruz. I mean, there's a lot of qualified people that the Republicans have thrown out there in this, this winnowing process that we're seeing. you know, something bigger than themselves, a bigger, yeah. something bigger yeah. than themselves.
2: Anyway, I tell you what that what that guest what that I'm, guest said makes perfect sense though. Uh, he is real close friends with Trump. Um, he said he said that who Trump should pick is VP, or it was a caller that that posed the question, because of that whole thing. If you go look at the different presidents throughout the the founding of this country that they've assassinated or attempted assassination when they would go up against the establishment of the day, okay? they said, It was said that the best person for him to get as vice president would be Rand Paul because that would make him safe <laughs> because they don't want either one of them running the country. <laughs>
4: One heart beat away. I'm gonna tell you what.
2: If they I mean because if they took out if they took out Trump then it then it automatically go to Rand Paul and Rand Paul would stand up to him also.
4: I tell you what. <laughs>
5: um if 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 we you know, the three of us here could actually pick a ticket, okay. Um, it's kind of a talk up at least for me, and I haven't endorsed any presidential candidate at this point. I still have not made up my mind. Um, but there's, there's kind of a toss and there's three, outside four people that I would not mind having in either one of those two seats. Okay? And for me, and you can call me crazy, however, with, you know, you call me a douchebag, a nut, whatever. Uh, I'm looking at of those four, of those two seats, any, any combination of these four people. And this is specifically because of last night's debate. Trump, Carson, Cruz, and Christie. And I have not been a big proponent of Christie, but he's said a number of things that really do kind of twist my noodle and make me pay attention to what he says. And if I go back and I pay attention to what he's done, it makes a whole lot of sense. So that's the only reason why I'm like, I, I've thrown Christie in there. He is in your face. He is, this is what I said. This is what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, you can kind of kiss my butt. Uh, and any one of those four people has the wherewithal all and the gut to stand up in the face of all of this pol- political opposition and do what they're trying to do and and <laughs> it's just been amazing to me to see these people. Jeb Bush can't yeah, go away. Charlie Fiorino, sorry, sweetheart. love you that. You're a woman. I know you're running for president. Not going to happen. Uh, Rubio, uh, uh, nah. uh, Bobby Jindal, yeah, dude, go take a swim back in the Gulf. Go back to Louisiana and you know, clean up your own mess. Uh, so, I mean, if there was some way, shape, or form those four are, are the ones that I'm paying most attention to, and that's just me. And I'm not trying to influence anybody. Uh, but those are the things that I'm looking at at the at, at the possibility as we get closer. Because, like I said, I have not made up my mind about any one of them. I'm not putting anybody's name first uh, over anybody else. But when it comes right down to it, uh, the Republican Party is 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 and can be intellectually honest with themselves. And see the conservative values that these people are pushing. These people pay attention to. These people uh, almost adhere to. I mean, that's that's bottom line for me. So I just throw that out there. I mean, you guys can call me crazy if you want, but that's what oh, I'm you looking.
1: know. Le- we, were, we were honest. talking about he this last nuts. night. At least I said, at least he's honest. He is
2: nuts. <laughs> <laughs>
6: We we were talking about this last night. I was I was lucky enough to get to sit in with Don Newen and newman uh, and Don Fiducia on Cowboy Logic Radio last night. And Don asked fundamentally the same question, round out the topic. You had eight people in the in the varsity debate and you round it down to four. And obviously it was a much more I don't want to say friendly and I don't want to say sympathetic even though it seems that way after how they were treated on C S N B C but it was you know the moderators did exactly what they were supposed to do. Now they had a remarkably dry subject to talk about for a lot of people and that is of course the economy. But that's what they talked about. And and it you know, it it in in, in terms of that I think that uh Cavuto just had total command of the situation. He was quintessential moderator and did exactly what he said he was going to do. But the top four for me was when we talked about it last night was uh, Trump and Carson because they say a lot of things that resonate with a lot of people, just like Keeper was talking at the top of the hour at the beginning of the things. They you know they say a lot of things that we, we sit around and look at each other and we say, well, yeah, yeah, that's right. I would pick those two. Now myself, I kinda like Carly Fiorina. I think that every time she spoke during the debate last night, she was stable. She was she was measured and uh
1: I think that Do I need to interject
6: some words here, Jan? <laughs> no, 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 man. I'm I'm I, I do that from time to time. I just I blank up it. But what it is is, I, you know, and I think that she was. I think she turned in a solid performance. And uh, like I said, when she did say things, I listened. It was to me, you know, it was. Uh, and for number four, I would say it would be either Rubio or Cruz, but I, I lean towards Cruz for some reason. Yeah, I mean, he
5: he's been the only establishment candidate that has stood up to the establishment.
6: Um, and had it, I mean, you know, White's previous, White's previous act all shocked and appalled <laughs> after, after that disaster, you know, you, you know, the, after that thing with CM, CNBC and, and he's, he's, you know, he's astonished that this would happen. Well, who in the hell sets these things up? White's yeah. previous in, in the RNC. He knew those guys were going to be hung out in the windows twist. He can't be so silly as to think that we think, you know, what he he was sitting watching the news with President Obama. They found out about it at the same time. And
5: well, I mean, if you're if you're talking about, you know, if he knew what was going to transpire,
1: sure, would it would.
5: not be would it not be an absolutely ingenious ingenious ploy to have them do what they did? You know, you said that, well, you're going to talk against him. You want to bash on him. You want to attack him. Or you want to attack her. You want to speak against this one or that one. And then have one of them, like, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Cruz stood up and said, hey, well, all these questions you're actually asking us don't have anything to do with actually getting things done. So let's ask some questions. Not, obviously, not, you know, quote, unquote, but verbatim. Um, and then everybody jump on their bandwagon to unite. You know, the no yeah,
6: the, Would that not convenient? Exactly. Well, it, it would be ingenious, but Ryan Priebus ain't no damn genius. <laughs> well. Okay? Well. A genius is a guy like Al Einstein. No, I think what happened is, is, is Cruz said, you know what, by damn, this is enough. This is getting <clears throat> ridiculous. And I think that when he did that, and obviously it emboldened the rest of the people at, at the debate and with good cause, all it took was just somebody, one guy, to say, hey, you know what? You guys are idiots, and if, are, are you going to be for real here, or what are you going to do? Now, had Cruz not done that, Priebus would have never made a sound. But, he had to know, take this horrible position. And and I think that he says CNBC will never do another one. He says that he canceled the, uh, the debate that they were partnered with NBC for in February. Right. But, but – let's just wait and see. February is a ways off and these guys are not mindful of the fact. You know, they're not they're not unmindful of the fact that was probably CNBC's biggest night for the fiscal year.
5: Probably. They probably
6: made more money and had more viewers than than they've had. The so entire you're season. saying who played who better <laughs> that's yeah, okay, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. I think that Freebus needs to go. He just needs to go he needs to try and exploit this situation to the best of the of the committee and the candidate's advantage that he can. And then he needs to say, you know what, man, my rotator cuff has been bothering me all season. I think I'm losing a step, and it's time for me just – I'm just going to spend this rehabbing, and, and it's time for somebody else to get in there and pitch. I've done all I can, and, you know, you guys have, you guys, peace out. Man, I'm, I'm good. All right.
5: So, so Brian, now, I know you to chime in on your four. What's your take on the? On, on, if you had a choice of four right now, what 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 would it be?
2: There ain't. I wouldn't have four. There's not four to pick. There's only three, and I'm skeptical about one of those. But right. honestly, honestly, I'll tackle the whole thing with Ted Cruz standing up to him. Okay. Look, Trump, he don't care what people think. He can't be bought. He's a made man. Okay? He's got his own money. He says what's on his mind. Okay? And everybody else in the Republican Party that is running sees that. It is not by surprise that Ted Cruz did what he did because Trump was killing them in the polls. The reason I pick the three I pick is because it's outside the debates and what their stances are and what I know about them. Trump is leading in the polls, okay? We know that. I don't pick him because he's winning. I'm skeptical. I still don't know where he stands 100%, but like I said earlier, the more I hear people that supposedly are real close friends with him that are saying he's for real. And some people that may not be so close that are saying the same thing that just do not want the things to destroy this country. I'm kind of saying, okay, maybe Trump is a good answer. My number one pick, though, is Rand Paul. He's just like his dad. Has he played politics while he's been in the Senate? He's kind of had to because he was positioning himself to get in the presidency. But when it comes to major constitutional issues, he has took a stand. Ted Cruz, yes, he's an establishment insider. His wife used to work for uh, Goldman Sachs. So, yeah, that is not a death nail. But it does question their loyalties. Uh, The rest of them, no. I'm sorry. Ben Carson's probably a great guy, says a lot of great things. He's highly intelligent, but I want to know who he's listening to because he says a lot of things outside the debate. He's for mandatory vaccination. And how in the world can you be in the medical field and not know the horrors of vaccinations and what it's causing on a continent-wide scale. Not not to get into that with a global scale of all the studies that are coming out in every other country but our own, and yet you want to say you're for mandatory vaccination? Uh, there are certain areas that make me question who in the world is tickling that man's ear to say the things he's saying. And I'm sorry. The woman, Ariana or whatever her name is.
4: Oh, her I, right
2: uh, yeah. She says a lot of good things, but really, I'm sorry. I think it's all yeah, for show. Kind of put her I think the Yeah. I think they're all running. They were running cover for Jeb Bush. Trump destroyed Jeb Bush. And Jeb Bush is losing. And I don't think he's going to recover. The establishment wanted Jeb Bush to run against Hillary because Jeb was going to take the fall. But Obama is trying to take Hillary out through the email thing, so now they're scrambling to see what in the world they're going to do. And Trump, now Obama said he's
5: not going to to push. He's not going to push against Hillary. He's not going to push against Hillary. He's already done. He's already said that. If he was going to, it would have come out, and she would have been. She would have fallen during the hearings at Benghazi, and there's been so much more that that people are missing about that. The timeline, oh, here's something that is being pushed on some of the talk shows out there, uh, where <laughs> uh, Democrats cannot honestly answer the question if Hillary is saying that it's a terrorist thing to her daughter, a terrorist thing to uh, the Prime Minister of Egypt or the president of egypt and the president of syria um there she's saying it's a terrorist attack doesn't have anything to do with a video but she's coming on television and telling the american people oh it's all about a video and continues to do so they can't answer what that actually is it's a lie yeah. okay hands down she knows what the truth is it's, a, it's actually a terrorist attack she knows what the truth is because obviously she's saying this to the people that are there plus her daughter. But well, she's telling the American people who are not there that it's a video. That's a lie. And she was not even punished for like two weeks.
2: It wasn't even a terrorist attack. Yeah, it may have been done by Muslims, but it was an assassination. Why? Because uh, Ambassador Stevens was asking too many questions. Ambassador Stevens was the go-between for sending weapons to al-Qaeda. He was sending emails to the State Department and to the DOJ. They were looking at bringing him before Congress. They had to get him out of the way.
5: Which is where all of those those, those 30,000 emails that were deleted uh, all had to do with Ambassador Stevens. But you know, they did find out that he made over 600 requests for additional security. Yep. I mean, <laughs> the, and the, the FBI trans- is going to be finding out a lot more, too. Absolutely. The timeline. OK, this is this is the Democratic side of what they 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 believe and they say and they talk about. OK, they say, that. well, no, she was given new information, but they were blind to what was actually transpiring at the hearing when the timeline said she knew on this day that it was a terrorist attack. And for the following two weeks, she told the American people that it was this,
3: intentionally
5: spouting a lie. And they say, well, she didn't have all the information. Yeah, she did. The email showed it. The timeline showed it. Well, no, she didn't have all of the information. No, she did. All of her email showed it. The timeline showed it. She lied. Well, she okay. She protect us from what? Truth?
2: Okay. What Let's hypothetically say, okay, she didn't have all the information. What does that say about her leadership ability at the State Department if she didn't have all the information? That means she didn't do her right. job. Do you really want her to run the country? Because she obviously can't do her job.
6: Right. You know, did Bill Clinton. Got caught in in one of his many and myriad lies, and something tells me that it probably had something to do with uh overzealous gun laws but charlton Heston once said, and he was he was he was saying it to bill Clinton he said, you know when you say something wrong, that's a mistake, but when you say something that you know is wrong, then that's a lie. And the FBI is is they're doing what no one thought could be done, and I think a lot of people were wishing and hoping and praying to God that it couldn't be done. But the director James Comey is supposed to be a pretty stand-up cat, and they there is there's a boatload of evidence that that they have just hinted at. But keep you know I, I know you've been paying attention to this. It's overwhelming. It's, it's like you said. There's no dancing around it. They can say she isn't. They can qualify however they choose. She lied. They were all lying. And they have continued to lie. And they look in the cameras, and they looked in the eyes of these, these heroes, survivors and their families, and they lied. They lied without conscience. They lied without any kind of feeling whatsoever, because it's all motivated by their selfish, blinding path to power. That's all it's about. But you're right; it's a lie. It, it doesn't matter how they slice it. It doesn't matter how they try and rationalize or justify. It. She lied. The bitch lied. If she don't. Okay.
2: If she doesn't go to jail, I'm sorry. I, I don't know who to do that. I'm sorry.
6: You're good. You're good.
2: You know, though, if she doesn't go to jail, you know that if she doesn't go to jail, that means they're covering up. Because she committed well, crimes. Well, what
6: was it they said the other day? Do you think, Brian? What do you think about that? Do you think she's too big to jail?
2: Honestly, you, you know what I
6: mean because yeah. yeah, it's a Clinton. You can't put her in jail. My God, it's Hillary Clinton.
2: You know why you can't put her in jail? She knows where the bodies are buried. So if if you want to start seeing the dirt come out on all the senators and congressmen, oh, it'll come out. You'll find out which ones are in pedophilia, which ones are homosexuals, which ones are having affairs. You'll find out about all of it. So, yeah, when they say she's too big to jail, that's not what they're saying. They're saying she knows where our skeletons are at.
4: Well, Dad, what's the
5: fact that, you know, The Democratic Party has been riding on uh, political uh, fame for I don't know how long. I mean –
1: Since Watergate.
5: Okay. I mean this is absolutely fabulous. Look at this presidential candidate. Look at this one. Look at this one. Oh, they're so great, and they've made so much noise. And people know them by name, but they don't know them by their actions and because – because the political uh, i don't know somebody somewhere has pushed so much money into you know corporate mainstream media to pay attention to whatever it is that they have to say that nobody is actually bothering to actually investigate the truth anymore and it's evident i mean if you look at the debate i mean it, the democratic debate they had what, last month oh, yeah, you're so handsome, and you're beautiful, and thank you for being here, and you're awesome, and no, 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 you're more awesome than I am. And and then you had the last Republican debate, the one before last night, where I was like, well, you're going to have this one, and this one, and that one. And then you had, look at the comparison. Okay, let's not, you know, get hopped up on our Prozac and forget about what happened, what transpired in the last couple of debates. People, you know, people are taking this medication and that medication, and you know, this pharmacy makes this great medication. You can have a hard on for six months and it's okay. And you know, you if if you're just slightly depressed, go ahead and take this medication, it's okay, but you're gonna forget what happened two days ago.
1: Oh, my so good. I never, never, I understood. Go I never uh, understood the yeah, Viagra I,
2: commercials. You have a four hour <laughs> erection, call your doctor. Oh hell yes. no, call in my wife. <laughs>
5: You call in my wife or go find a prostitute because I didn't have my girl there at the time. I mean, something. rub one out, something. But, I mean, <laughs>
4: <laughs> seriously. Yeah, but he's been yeah, there for please. two hours, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you. you <laughs> okay, Viagra.
5: You're going to take a pill, you know, a couple hours before you might be able to actually have size. and it's still going to last for two minutes, then it's gone. No, I mean it, it. It may may make you more feel more virile, but you know, performance wise, eh, you might make you might make two minutes
6: and thirty seconds as opposed to just two minutes. Oh uh, my God! I all make, I can say is this, man. If it doesn't last for four hours, then I'll think about calling a doctor.
5: <laughs> but I mean that's that's our when you talk about when people talk about we're gonna get way off of the earlier subject until we find it. When people talk about, you know, gateway drugs, our my oldest child right now who's going to turn 18 next year. Oh, wow. Ugh. Um, my ex-wife wanted to put him on and actually did so after I was, you know, too far away to actually, you know, say, no, he doesn't need this drug or that drug or whatever. He was on concerta. He was never on Ritalin, thankfully, but he was on concerta. And then, of course, he needed something to help him go to sleep, and he was too active because she couldn't control him because she was not a disciplinarian. She wouldn't spank him. She, wouldn't, she would barely put him in time out. And it was all, oh, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, he's just being a kid. No, teach your children right from wrong. No, if you're going to drill a hole in the floor with a drill that you know you shouldn't have in the first place, you are in trouble. That's just one instance. When you are choking your brother because he looks like your father, Uh, and you're jealous that he's not there, Uh, punish the one that's doing the choking. Don't just separate them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
4: So, you know, this this whole
5: discussion that there are a number of, of, of these candidates that are saying that we need to get back to family. Ferguson, this is the topic that he spoke about specifically. The number of fathers in Ferguson that are still in the family is very, very small. And I could not tell you, I could not verify that information.
6: Well, it's it's but, nationwide. It's not just Ferguson, Keith.
5: Right. That, that that's condition is given.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
5: I mean, if if you're if you're not willing to be a parent and actually discipline your child, and you want, or you'd rather put them on, you know, a gateway drug like Ritalin, like Concerta, like uh, uh, I couldn't even name all the ones that they that the doctor's gonna prescribe because it's supposed to make your kid pay attention better in school but it's going to make them a zombie so that they don't think for themselves So this indoctrination that's going on for Islam to go ahead and take place in their brain so that later on in life they're going to think that it's okay that Islam is all this and all that. And then they have that compounded by when they start paying attention to mainstream media that, oh, this is so good, and this is what I should pay attention to. Well, now they're at the age of 18, and they feel slightly depressed because they're not on those other drugs anymore. So let's go ahead and take Prozac. Because that is so much more awesome. I can't get to sleep, so I'm going to take a drug like Ambien so that I can get to sleep. But you know what? I'm going to sleepwalk for the next two hours and not remember what I actually did. Like drive down the street, go get a pack of cigarettes, come back, and, no, maybe I didn't get into an accident. Somehow, magically, I wake up in my bed, or maybe I wake up on the couch. Well, how did I get here? I don't remember, but it's okay because I'm at home. Maybe I killed somebody while I was sleepwalking on Ambien, but I don't remember. But that's going to be the excuse that's going to be transpiring in the – court system that's not going to actually punish them because oh they were on a prescribed medication and that's okay because they're actually doing the kinds of things that our government wants okay. them to do, which is not pay attention to what's transpiring in the first place.
6: Sorry, that's a big yeah. mistake, guys. please. No yeah, cool. You're, and you're absolutely right. You've got to watch both hands.
2: But here's the I mean, thing, what's causing the it. kids to lose control, one, you're right. Lack of discipline, lack of family structure, women no longer respect their husbands, men no longer love their wives, the children pay the price, but it's not only that. It, what you were talking about earlier, it's either ADHD or ADD, okay? I, I gathered from what you said, okay? The the dyes they are putting in the food, it's proven like the red forty. And stuff like that, when you go look at the box and it says red 40 and whatever and this, that, and the other, it's proven that's causing it. All this toxic chemicals that are called excitotoxins are causing the kids to not be able to settle down and pay attention. So guess what? We got big pharma says, ooh, we got a drug for that, but it has this side effect. Oh, we got drugs for those too. And by the time they're 20, they're on a dozen different drugs and for the rest of their life. So they, it's a cash yeah. cow.
6: And they're sissies.
5: Yes, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, uh, the pharmacies or pharmaceutical companies do not create tears. They create customers. And it's been so right. documented here recently where uh, hemp oil or THC oil – Okay, the oil itself—not go like roll up a joint and smoke one until you're all happy and you know stoned out of your head and get the munchie. I'm talking about like THC oil. The
2: chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, the the oil itself—it stops seizures. Kids can speak. Uh, there's 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 at least three, and one of them I, I can't remember what the other one is. Uh, is it, it causes uh, hunger in cancer
4: patients.
5: Um, It takes care of things like glaucoma. It helps with Crohn's disease. Okay. So when you're looking at a gateway drug, marijuana may be a gateway drug at a party when you're 16, 17, 15. I smoked it the first time when I was 10 and didn't smoke it again until I was probably 14. Uh, And the first time it didn't really do anything, I don't remember it. Uh, But if you're at a party, you know, you're, 15, 16, 17 years old, and you're at a party, and somebody says, "Let's go smoke a joint." Okay, sure, no problem, because you kind of have an idea. But if you're at that party, uh, and somebody says, "Well, hey man, let's let, let's try something else. Let's smoke this," you go, know, oh, "Okay, well, sure, why not?" You know, it's a different high than than pot, but you know, it's you know, I mean, it's real still really really cool because that's usually the rhetoric and, and, and the speech. But pot is not the gateway drug. It's well I've been taking this drug since I was, you know, you know in you know, first grade. Well sure, why not? Another pill, that doesn't make a difference. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Hey, I'm twenty years old now and I got a sprained I uh, not know, sprained wrist, sprained ankle, something like that. And the doctor gives me vicodin. And somebody says, Oh dude, I've got like uh uh pick take your other form of Legal painkillers. Oh yeah, sure. Give me one of those because that works so much better. You're not looking to delve in pain. You're looking to get high off of, a per, off of a prescribed drug. There is your gateway drug system right there. That's approved. And that's what the pharmaceutical, Absolutely. pharmaceutical companies do.
2: That's approved. If you fact. get hooked
5: on heroin, <laughs> if yeah, if you get hooked on heroin, it's because you tried it at a party or one of your friends said, "Dude, check this out." Okay. Maybe you know. Maybe you, hopefully you were not stupid enough to inject it into your veins because you're done. You're hooked. That's it. Okay. I mean, your life is probably down the tubes unless you have a lot of intestinal fortitude.
2: Well, but at you're least not if, and,
5: and, and, and,
2: if you know ahead, the history, if you know the history of who was lobbying Washington, and it was a UN program too to put marijuana on the Schedule One drug list. Dow Pharmaceuticals was lobbying to get it done. Why? They had just come up with polyester. Hemp is known to make clothes very durable clothes and comfortable clothes.
4: It
5: goes they couldn't back have no but, com-
2: yeah. yeah, I know it goes back farther when, than
5: that. When did the United States become a member of the U.N.? Late 40s, mid-40s?
6: 1946 yeah, see, we, founding. we were a founding we were charter member. Okay. Yeah, but see now,
2: they didn't make the reason
5: and when the reason and when hemp was put on the, the the banned substances list goes back to the 30s the time of William Randolph Hearst. Yep. Big time uh, forester had lots of trees, he was a big time publisher, had lots of uh, newspapers and magazines and things like that. So he was selling his own company his own wood making money off of that, okay, and he pushed to have that product, hemp, specifically, I'm not talking about marijuana, there's a difference, uh, yeah. to put that on the banned substances list. And, there, and hemp is actually covered under the title, quote-unquote title, of marijuana yeah. because it's from the same uh, genetic family, okay. So he was the one that pushed it, and there was actually a pushback to get it pulled off of that. And then the U.N. stepped up and said, let's do this, because it just makes sense. I mean, it's already there. No reason to take it off of it, so we'll just leave it there. So there's, there's, it's kind of a twofold thing. And now we have this, this push to get hemp taken off of it or marijuana taken off of it because of its medical benefits, because of the research that's been done in the interim of time when it's actually proven to do the things that it says it does. I'm not, like I said, I'm not sitting here saying, let's go roll up a doobie and just get high because we can get high. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's recreational, okay? If you want to do that, Fier fine. I do every once in a while just because I need to go to sleep. But as it's medicinal, take the THC oil that you can actually go buy, and you can find it online, go buy it, and treat whatever ailment you've got for yourself and show the results. Because it works. It does. Plain and simple. It's a natural, recurring substance on this planet. There's a reason for it to be there, is what I'm saying. All these Big drugs that are created, really, just—I mean, the synthetic that and this and something else. I mean, sure, polyester has a great place in society, and, and, and you know, I'm actually wearing a polyester shirt right now because it dries fast, it keeps me cool, keeps me warm, it does all the things it's supposed to do. But I mean,
6: it's—it's <laughs> it's just <laughs> wow. You know, I mean. Uh- Keith, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh Miss Lisa was wanting me to remind everybody about the time it's It's about eight fifty four
5: yeah i just I just got that that little oh, okay myself. So, um, you know guys, if you want to give a shout out, I'm gonna let Brian go first. If you want to give a shout out to what you got going on? We'll go ahead and do that, and then James, you can go ahead and do your thing, and sure. I'll make a real quick closing statement. And uh we'll bow out of here with Madison Rogan.
2: Well, I have Brian, enjoyed ahead, being man. on the sh- I've enjoyed being on the show. My show is called The Rights of the Shoe, of which Rights of the Few, I need to learn how to speak English. Um <laughs> and I will it's on Talk Shoe and on Win Network from seven to nine Eastern on Sundays. All
5: right, and that is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash W I N N. You can find that network and then you can tune into Brian's show on Sunday night. And they got a phone number over there, right? You got that phone number or you want me to say it?
2: Go ahead and say it because I'm not looking at my phone book. 516
5: 453 9128, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 o'clock Pacific. 6 p.m. Central, 5 Mountain Time, if you're listening in that time zone. So uh, I'm sure Brian appreciates appreciate you doing so. James, go ahead, brother.
6: 7 p.m. on Friday nights. It's called the Weekend Perspective. I take a look at some of the stuff that's happening that rubs me the wrong way or not, and we talk about it. And that's followed up at 8 by my wingman, the redoubtable Mr. Mark Hoffman, with Reach Out America. He does the 8 to 9 slot. I also have a program at Red State talk radio network and it is called a conservative perspective and you can check it out there There are two studios available and you can look through and check out those as well as all the other fine hosts at winn thank you so much keeper for having me on i really do appreciate it i had an awesome time tonight
5: absolutely brother thank you for being here brian thank you for being here too thank you for the final cast, gentlemen um be sure and give out uh you know a a shout out to your your listeners over there on win for me um, I appreciate them being here as I do my own. If you want to check out more of what's going on with Keeper's Mind Pool, ladies and gentlemen, please check out the Facebook page, Keeper's Mind Pool, three words with an apostrophe after Keeper, apostrophe F. Um, I, will be, I am actually here every Wednesday night at this time at this phone number, 424 258 And you can check us out at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash radio FTC 2015 that's all of our shows that's our network and uh, again I appreciate your time I appreciate you listening thank you for being here we're going to bow out of here with Madison Rising and wrap it up we're done for the night we'll see you next week have a good one people thank you very much